Hello there, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Welcome to the Sith Quest. And here we go. We would be honored if you would join us. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. I know this is hard for you, but winter is coming. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am the danger. Avengers! Assemble. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Who is scruffy looking? Less. I wanna buckle up, baby. Carlos, smash you, King Tom. Hey guys, you ever see that really old movie, Empire Strikes Back? And of course, Randy. Change? Yep. Big change. Because you're weak and deep covered. And you, you're the Sith List. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 304 of The Sith List. I am one of your hosts, Raj Lachai, and my co-pilots for this post-Star Wars Celebration con crud episode, the young, the restless, the bearded one, Mr. Carlos Buarguello, the man we call Crunch Crunch, Mr. Les Gonzalez. What's up? <laughs> Not much, man. The man... That everybody calls the king of all pods, Mr. Tom Chansky. What's up, King Tom? Hello there. Ah, okay, okay. Randy, how the hell are you? Doing well, man. It's been. It's, this is going to be an exciting episode. We got a lot to talk about. And last but not least, El Aubrey himself, my roommate for multiple days this last week, Mr. Eric Strother. So what's up, buddy? Dude, it turns out I'm secretly really good at Scrabble. Oh yes, there was a, a a championship battle of Scrabble Monday Night Less, Eric and my wife Lorena. Now Lorena always beats Less, um, so that I, that's understandable. But ah. I, I, and I'm not saying anything. I, I will lose. Here, to here's all the of deal. You here's the video. Eric, this Eric whole won. thing. Eric won. By the way, yes. Before so Les there, there, his diatribe right now. Go ahead. It's not. It's not the thing. It's usually Lorena finds a way, and she almost pulled it yes. off again. Where with the like last three tiles you had that you just can't get rid of, and the board is already full, she'll drop like two or three tiles in there and like combine like six words, and you're like, oh damn, where did this? You never saw it coming. But no, Eric. Eric. Eric pulled a different deal. Eric pulled a whole other way. He tried to play the game in a different way in the first place by like just like. <laughs> first I had no he, idea what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> he lays one word down and then starts laying another word down instantly. And we're like, whoa, 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 you can't do that. And he's like, well, see, in college, we just tried to get rid of all of our tiles. And we're like, oh, okay. And Lorena said something. She's like, I wonder if he's just playing dumb and he's going to kick our ass. And mm. now listen, I want to exactly say what happened that Lorena is a superior Scrabble player to me. I just had just the right opportunities. You know, that was all there was to it. Um, my trick was just being better than both of you. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, 
I will say that there was a much, a, a very much a Sithless moment, though. I did ask Garage to hand me my hydro flask. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, dude. We, I totally get why his arms are the size of bow right. constrictors. His hydro flask is like thirty-eight pounds. It's insane. I, I grabbed that thing with one hand, and my arm just dropped. I was like, "Oh man, I need two arms." And then Eric thought I was joking. Eric tried to grab it with one hand. It was rough, right, Eric? Yeah, like try to palm the outside of yeah, it because it's, it's right. a round cylinder. It's made out of um, titanium, apparently. <laughs> and uh, I go to pick it up. Beskar, it, bro. It's made out of Beskar. Dude, I play guitar and my forearms are typically pretty strong, but oh, I couldn't palm boy. it. I tried. Oh, which, by the way, I played guitar for the first time today in 10 days. I haven't gone that long without playing guitar in several years. It was very wild. Oh, that's awesome. Did great, did, though. It felt super easy. It's like, oh, I need to take off time more often. I played the skin flute today. First time in a long time. And I was still really good at it. Guys, it's post-convention. Con- <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, Eric left. Eric, Eric left the building. Left. We that didn't do a podcast last week because of the lost tapes. Uh, Eric's back. Uh, <laughs> but I had to get that out real quick because I've been holding it in like for 10 days. I haven't talked. The skin flute thing? Yeah, well, not just the skin flute thing. Just like talking like an idiot, you know. Oh, right. oh uh, you there? There was some of that. No, oh, that's true. There was. There <laughs> no, was a you've lot. You've been of doing that. a good job. Buddy. What was funny is Lumberjack Nick was right next to us for a majority of the uh, uh, last couple of days, and we had a great time with him. He's such a great dude. But but we were talking some major trash <laughs> to everybody, and uh, I think he heard a, a bunch of that that kind of talk, which I don't know if he liked or not. But uh, he emailed us, so I guess we'll find out. But guys, yeah. post. Star Wars Celebration, we survived. As far as I know, no one in this room has COVID, but there's a bunch of people that do. Please make sure you stay healthy and do what you need to do to test negative and and come out of that end. But we had an amazing, amazing time at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. There's some ups, some downs, but mostly ups. Um, The only downs was that we couldn't get into like major panels. Uh, We got into the spillover room. Some of us got into major ones, but... And it was a little disorganized, but other than that, some, it was good times. It was great times uh, by everyone. We're going to get into all of that in a little bit. So this episode's going to be very much Star Wars and Star Wars Celebration. We'll talk a little box office. We'll read some emails, but very Star Wars heavy because obviously we have a ton of Star Wars things that dropped. Uh, pretty significant stuff. I know we were all worried about not having a motion picture panel and no news about a movie, but... TV and series wise, gosh, there was some significant stuff. So, um, but uh, before we get into all that, uh, how is everybody doing? King Tom, how are you post convention? Uh, you know, I miss you guys. Ah, uh, there's you too. that like feeling of you know everything being Star Wars, and then you go back to regular life where it's not. Plus, you know, I um th- that night leaving, I think I slept maybe an hour, and then I have to deal with the whole you know, three hour time difference and I'm, I'm catching oh. up on sleep, but I'm, I'm doing all right. Okay, good. Yeah. I miss you too. I miss all you guys, man. It's uh, it's definitely a letdown. Um, mm-hmm. Thank God that boo less Randy are near here. Cause then I, you know, I'd be really in trouble. Less is left. He's in, in San Diego, but, but he still counts. See him time to time. Less moved to San Diego. No, I wish boo? he did. Boo. I was just, <laughs> I was just like wishful thinking. Boo. How are you doing, buddy? I'm I'm doing good. I I am actually in San Diego. Yeah. Oh, you um, are. Right. I am. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm doing good. I you know, I 
after what King Tom just said about being tired, you know, I can't complain because I didn't go through time zones and I didn't fly, but I'm exhausted still. I'm I'm still trying to catch up on sleep. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But no, but yeah, no, I'm I'm doing good. I'm good. Doing good, yeah. good. Les, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Yeah, everything good? I am. I'm doing good, man. Everything's all good, man. <laughs> good, good. It's right back to normal, like no big deal. So there we go. Well, you, I mean, you were in it a lot, man. I mean, four days of just straight convention for you. So oh, yeah. I get I get why you're <laughs> tunnel vision. I get it. Eric, how about you? Buddy, I'm great, man. Uh, I'm, I'm sad that everything's over. I had such a good time and catching up with my friends. And uh, you, you realize what's important. You realize what what people mean to you, and also what you mean to people. It's very edifying, and um, it's easy to get down on yourself. And when you're around people who totally get you, and just our circle is like so judgment free, and mm-hmm. I don't know, man, it's very special. And uh, also, I I beat Les and Lorraine at Scrabble, so that was <laughs> that's really pretty much all there is to it. Right, that was a cherry on top, Randy. How, how how was the whole thing for you, bud? That was excellent, man. Eric and Tom said it perfectly, man. Like it gives you a, uh, a fresh perspective on everything. Being uh, you get so used to seeing the fan base or whatever you want to call it from the spectrum of like social media or the internet stuff, and then actually being in front of people who are non-judgmental, like down, just have a good time, super friendly. Just it reinvigorates you, man. Right, right. I mean. It's so weird because of the last day of the convention, the day after all this stupid shit comes out, you know, Star Wars community, we'll get into a little bit of that later, but that's not what it is. Like we, we experienced it for five straight days. I mean, f- three or four of the convention and then hanging out with everybody else the rest of the days, but it's such a small minuscule minority that want to be assholes. And I think you and McGregor said it the best in his video is you're not real fans. I mean, you're not. And the real fans were the ones that were there. The real fans are the ones that um, were cheering and going crazy and less like losing his mind, watching something and getting excited or me getting emotional that Harrison Ford was getting emotional talking about John Williams or, or goosebumps seeing Eric and King Tom walk up to the Millennium Falcon. So that, that's what it's all about. Not these yeah. pieces of shits that fair, out there. Like the people that who weren't things. able to afford to show up it right. doesn't exclude them from being real fans. It's more yes, it like, does, you know, Randy. It's the, it's the, it does. They're not <laughs> Sorry, fans. If you can't afford to be a real fan. You are not a real fan. <laughs> Get a better kidding. job. Uh, it's not gatekeeper, but no brokies. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, no brokies in Star Wars, guys. But Randy, you're, but, but here's the thing. Those guys are true fans that can't show up because they're the ones that are pissed off that YouTube's not showing the live stream because they're trying to sneak it in at work or they're trying to watch any kind of footage that you can possibly see because they can't pay for it. So I've been there too. Like when it's in London, I can't go. So I'm just like, okay, I'm going to try to fucking watch as much as I can. So, so yeah, of course, Randy, you're absolutely right for the people that can't afford, um, get a second job. Here's a surprise twist. I didn't say that. (laughs) Oh, I I tell my, I tell my wife the next celebrations in London, but you know, because of work and stuff like that. And she goes, listen, you you don't think they would let you off for Easter? You've been there for all these years. That's dumb. Oh wow! I'm like, what are you oh. driving at? Oh. What are you driving at? So I'm wow. not sure what she's driving at. But you know wow. what? I'm just gonna not make any decisions for a little wow. while. Just Eric, that's really cool. Because she might like, yeah. She seems like she's really keen on uh, maybe me going and possibly 
her and the, you know, I don't know, man. I was just shocked because I figured she'd be like, you're damn right. You're not going idiot. Well, hey, you know what response I got? I got laughter. I said, hey, the next one's in uh, London. And uh, it wasn't a yes. I wasn't a no. It was just a laughing in my face. Uh, That's what I got. But my wife was very, very understanding this entire week. (laughs) I was uh, gone seven days and uh, back and forth. So I'm not complaining whatsoever. But for the people, well, I'll talk about that later with you guys. I think uh, we're going to have some kind of celebration. We'll be celebrating somehow, some way at some time. Guys, let's just jump into this real quick so we can... um... Oh, Boo, I didn't ask you, buddy. Boo, how how was the whole thing for you, bud? Oh, it was great. It was great. I was exhausted the whole time, but it was fantastic. Had a blast. Didn't make it into any panels, but got into every single one we wanted to, you know, hell or high water somehow, waiting, you know, or there was, you know, our our close calls and stuff like that. So I had a great time, met a bunch of uh, awesome people, always, always see some incredible stuff, you know, all the, all the cosplay Cosplay and everything just, just blows your mind every time. And just the, uh, the uh, creativity, you know, that some people have is just awesome. So, yeah. Um, yeah, my favorite cosplay, boo. My favorite cosplay was the charred Uncle Owen and Amberu. There was, a, I didn't there was see a, that one. I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, and they had smoke coming out of them. Yeah, it was bad. They were, they were all ashy and they were like crisp, like they were skeletons. And they were all like, <laughs> it was awful. And they had, I don't know how they did it, they had smoke popping out. Like That's they were sizzling. Good. Yeah, it was cool for the whole family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Barbecue time. Time, yeah. <laughs> all right so um i'm glad everybody enjoyed it well, we're going to definitely dive into some of the information that they gave us and passed along but before that let's get into the box office guys real quick highway to the danger zone kenny loggins back i wonder i haven't seen top gun Ma- maverick but i'm i'm hoping that there's like a climax moment where that song just starts Plastic, dude. Because if that is, if that does happen, that's not going to be the only climax moment. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's got to be in the. That's the joke the I was banking up when. The there we go, Eric. Me and Eric like ordered the same food all week. Oh, it, it, we did. It was weird. It's like, what'd you get? This exact thing. Lorraine is like, you two are weird. Yeah. So finally, we were trying something else, and uh, I said, "Look, just get me whatever you're getting." That's just that's <laughs> yeah. just cut to the chase right um so hey real quick on top gun i haven't seen it yet either um but people that i would have been surprised that Mm -hmm. would say they like it are coming out of the woodwork to tell me how great it is yeah somebody i work with is she's like oh my god it's so good i would definitely go see it again of course they were waiting for like the sand volleyball scene yo they do a football scene i think this yeah Yeah. Just, yeah. So I tried telling her that whole stupid joke about how the one guy from the sand volleyball scene is the father of the dude from Castaway with Tom Hanks. And oh, it I took a minute. Tick, 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 yeah. tick, tick. But yeah, it's, no, they, I've had a couple of people tell me just how great it is. So, yeah. and also they said you have to see it in a big I'm, theater. IMAX, I heard. I'm seeing it on IMAX on Friday. Yeah. I heard IMAX um, will blow you away. I'm so, so excited. Seeing John Ham that big, I'm very pumped up. Zill was excited for it. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, he brought it up when right. we were like in the middle of the convention. He's like, "So, what do you think about this uh, new Top Gun movie? Is he in it?" And he just he might be. <laughs> I don't know, but it turns out he has a history with Top Gun. So, yeah, he's, yeah. he's excited. 
Yeah, and you know what, Boo? Your mom came up to us last night and goes, "Is that a joke?" <laughs> it sounded like it. Boo, your mom? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, mom, no, yeah. no, 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 no. His, his mom's my mother-in-law. No, it's not a joke. I'm saying your mom came up to me and Lorena and said, "Let's go see Top Gun." No, she wanted to go. No way. Yeah, and like a big smile. She's like, "I heard it's fantastic." I was like, "Has she record. seen the first?" I got to record tonight, huh? Has she seen the first one? She said she saw the first one. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. so she's all about Your it. Mom's a sweetheart, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I, 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 I really appreciate that. I know she's, she's wonderful. You take my mom to see Top Gun, damn it. I will. Oh, no, I will. Okay. I will. <laughs> for sure. Don't, don't threaten me with a good time. I'll go. That's for sure. Well, Top Gun Maverick made $126 million, $300 million, And that's only for the two days. I think it made $180 for the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, $300 million worldwide. Doctor Strange, the multiverse, uh, multiverse of Madness, 16.1. Still pretty good. I think that's well over um, eight, 900 million now. Uh, and the Bob's Burger movie, 12.4 million, which is not too shabby, Bob's Burger. Wow. Was that its Down- first week? Yeah. But still, for Bob's Burger, um, Downton Abbey, A New Era, 5.8 million. And the bad guys, 4.4. You notice the bad guys just, just sticking with that 5 million? It's probably made a decent amount of money. And before we um, jump into the Star Wars, guys, did you see Netflix is, uh, remember, sale? remember a while ago I said, how are these mother effers spending all this money on these crazy ass movies? And they came out today and said, we are not spending a crazy amount of money on these mother effing movies. So no more Irishmen, no more, no more comp blanche giving actors what they want to do what they want. They literally said, so crazy, uh, Netflix that's gone. But so they are, they are insinuating they were spending a shit ton of money before. Oh yeah. They were, they were saying that we've never been spending. A shit oh no. They're saying money. that they just gave like a list actors and directors just a blank check. Yeah. Make your movie. For sure and, um, is. as long as it's on Netflix, it's all good. Which is crazy to me. So that's not happening anymore. So what is Netflix really going to be about? I mean, Stranger Things is leaving, right? It seems like all these shows are reality shows now. Like those horrible shows that Eric hates. Actually, yeah, you're probably right. Because those things have to be a fraction of the cost oh, to, yeah. to do. And they get like tremendous numbers. Hey, Boo. How you doing okay, over there, I, we have to. We can't keep pretending like this isn't happening. Okay. <laughs> We've got to do something about this. Uh, all right, hold on. If you're listening right now and you've been hearing that sound not, of a hamster yeah. playing on the podcast, that's just I apologize. Weird. I apologize. Yeah, no, that oh, was my okay. fault. The mic, I had fixed it, and then the mic fucking slid again. I was <laughs> trying to catch it. I'm sorry. That's I'm sorry. Right, it's like the that's okay. I haven't done this in a week. All right. Shit. I know we're, we're a little we're a little new at this. Yeah, uh, we haven't done this in a week. That's apologies. I, by the way, I hope you enjoyed those lost tapes. Oh yeah, lost. Yeah, days. that was I last. I really expected to hear some feedback on that. Yeah, nothing, huh? I think it did happen at the uh, very like beginning oh, it did. of the week. It did, but you know we were in the zone, the yeah. auto zone, the danger zone, full circle. Oh, good call. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so uh, Netflix. Let's see what happens. That should be a shirt. Um, I think now it's time to just jump in. I was going to ask you guys what did you watch this week, but you know what? <laughs> I know what you watched because I was there with you. So let's uh, let's talk a little Star Wars. Greetings. 
This is Grand Admiral Thrawn aboard the ISS Chimera. You are currently listening to the Sith List. I know a great deal about you because of this artistic choice. May warrior's fortune smile upon your efforts. So, for some reason, based on how this show has gone up until now, I feel yeah. really bad about that whole artistic choice line in that. <laughs> I think that might be overselling. This it a is the first bit. time you thought that. Shit. Well, it just—I never focused on it so much, but for some reason, it like really stuck out to me. But so, listen, Star Wars Celebration was this past week. We got two episodes of Kenobi. We've had another episode since then. It dropped today. We saw our friends. We saw some cool reveals, and I mean, where do you even want to start with this? I think obviously the big thing to start with is Kenobi because that's like the biggest. And I got to tell you, I was trying to decide if I hadn't seen Kenobi early with everybody in the room, right? Would I have been as blown away by it? I was really trying to decide that. But here's the deal. My wife and son watched it and are through the roof on it amanda fell asleep because it was so late and uh henry finished it without her and then went back and watched it again the next day they are super on top of that thing and to that says a ton to me because i mean my wife she she likes star wars and i mean she loved mandalorian specifically because of grogu but she's bonkers for this and they couldn't wait to watch today's episode. I watched it er- way earlier without her because I needed to be prepared for this show. But man, oh man, I'd say that's a pretty good sign. And yeah. all of the things that she was telling me about the episode, she was on the edge of her seat. She said she watched the one today. I wish I could have seen it because in the scene in town where we'll get, listen, full spoilers, people, I, I, that I needed, oh, yeah. I should preface. I mean, how dare you that. if you haven't watched this yet? Right. I mean, how but, dare you? But when they're in the town and she realizes Vader is walking down the street, she like stood up in the living room and was like, oh, sh-, you know, and Henry's like, just watch, mom. He's dude, it's so cool. <laughs> but so, so, I mean, let's go around. What did everybody think of that thing? What about you, Randy? Oh, first off, I did get lucky enough to uh, Dom from Star Wars Underworld. Uh, hooked me up with a uh, pass to get into the uh, main hall where you watch it um, on the celebration stage. So I watched the first two episodes there with uh, <laughs> Steel and, uh, <laughs> and Corey. Dude, that episode, those first two episodes are so good. And seeing them on that gigantic screen, it's the closest thing that gets like prequel like era like cinema. And it, so I, I have never been so excited for a Star Wars show. And mind you, I've liked a majority of the live action Star Wars stuff from front to back. But this one, like I am, it's appointment watching now. It's like, as soon as it's up, I am watching this. I am so pumped. So yeah, I've really, without getting into details, I've really enjoyed the show. And you, and McGregor is awesome. Yeah, man, he's something else. Uh, what about you, boo? Yeah, no, I, I loved it. The, um, yeah, I, I I agree with Amanda. I I was like, oh my god, I was like, oh my god, I was like, they're all fucking dead. I was like, everybody's gonna die. And then he just starts walking, dragging people out of their homes, 
snaps a dude's neck like and then after bro the sun that's what i was saying i was like and then and then after you see him get it because he's like no my dad snaps the dude and then you see the mom like holding his leg i was like I was like, I'm watching, this is, it, it felt like I was watching a, a uh, not a war documentary, but kind of like a dramatization where they show you, this is the genocide that's happening. There's real shit going on. I'm like, you just snap the kid's neck and you see mom's like, fucking, dad's probably dead. He's unconscious at least. And then you see the lady that he was dragging for like five feet. I'm like, she's probably dead. Yeah, just and no all reason, this, by the way. None, really none. Just, just for like, a, mm-hmm. you gonna stop me? I know you're yeah. here somewhere. You gonna stop me, or are you just gonna let this happen? You gonna let people die? And I was just like, it was, it was awful. the 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 nighttime ness, like, it, it felt weird because there's like no moonlight. It seemed like just like I don't know. It, it was just horrible. And then it just gets. And then he's walking around like Michael Myers, where he's not running, Ba-dum. but he just appears in the same Ba-dum. spot that you are. Ba-dum. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> yeah. just like, this is this is fucking terrifying. Brittany was scared shitless. I was like, this is this is a horror movie. He's, mm-hmm. And then he's got like a Hellraiser movement where he's dragging the mofo through the fire and shit. I'm like, this is awful. So yeah, great episode. Great episode. <laughs> so Les, I, I'm trying to hit the guys who are the most quiet during the Star Wars segments, typically. Uh, uh, Les, what was your favorite of the first three episodes so far? Uh, my fa- Actually, you know what? Episode one was pretty cool, but episode three for sure. Episode three, I, I, I speculated in my own non-infinite star wars knowledge because i'm not the best at this but i was like they're gonna fight they're gonna have a clashing of the sabers at some point and episode three delivered uh it's yeah it it, i i we're only getting six episodes they gotta give us more they got i i hope they give us something else They, they they just can't i feel they can't tell a full story but i really appreciated episode three and uh i have to say this I was reacting a certain way for the first episode because there was a triggering effect for me. In essence, it was basically like an attack on a classroom, if you think about it. And I'm not trying to bring anyone down, but, you know, for the the Jedi that was teaching the kids, you know, the younglings, are they younglings? Mm-hmm. at a certain yeah. age okay so yeah for sure and for her, her to, to absolutely sacrifice herself and do everything she had to do to protect those kids as you know they were just assaulted fully a full-blown full-scale war was brought to them was just a tad triggering to me so that's that's what my reactions were it wasn't like ooh, oh ah this is awesome. It was more like, oh, no, shit. I think that uh, after that, uh, you actually did some oohs and ahs and oh, my God. Oh, I, I, after I got over that part. And yeah, it, after it, you got it, over that, yeah, you were very excited. But yeah, at the t- beginning, I mean, it's all good. it was a true triggering effect for me. And I don't mean to bring anyone down or, you know. No, no, no. You're not the only the one. That, that's, yeah. that's been said out there. Uh, some people yeah, really yeah. thought that. And, and when that happened, you could hear the hush of the audience. We were watching it with about three, 4,000 people. And it yeah. was just like. Oh, yeah, no. I put my head in my hands a couple times. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, but they can't predict that bullshit is going to happen in real life. They just no. shot it. No, the way it right, was, right. And it was Order sixty six. Right. That's right. all it was. Was yes, Order sixty six? Right. And you know what? It gave us even more of Order sixty six. You know, we got what we got in Revenge of the Sith. Where, you know, just the, the different areas, and they hit all the different spots where you know who they took down and how they mm. took them out. But the Jedi Temple gave us they gave us a little bit more of what happened at the Jedi Temple, which 
most notably for me, probably was the most brutal of the whole thing. Well, it, it, in let's address elephant in the room. It, it's super on not unfortuitous. I don't know if that's the correct uh, prefix for that word. That it the timing of it all was very mm-hmm. very brutal. Sounds like um, a Scrabble champ to me over there, dude. Yeah, <laughs> so, but the. <laughs> oh my god i had four <laughs> eyes at one point it's a triple that word the score worst. right you, there it was, it was using the q and the z and dropping a triple <laughs> word score dude uh, so but it to share like more of a cute moment surrounding that in the room like raj said we we're in there with several thousand people we were in one of the overflows the good overflow it turns out <laughs> but the scene opens and you see the teacher and they're like doing tai chi and everybody goes, oh, uh-huh. but then less loud as can be. Oh, no. And huh. then it, it dawned on everybody Everyone. at the same time Everyone. around us. Yeah. And they were like, Ooh. and yeah. it was That was just, a trip. Yeah. You're right, Eric. It yeah. was like, a, it was like, oh, oh. And it just like, it, it was like a, like a tidal wave hit. It was crazy. Yeah. You, you but, had to see it coming. Come well, on, yeah, but nobody, yeah, totally, but every, yeah, I think everybody I was so less. surprised. I think everybody was so surprised to oh, see no, man. a prequel era. Uh, scene on Yeesh. like screen and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it, it just dawned on everybody oh shit oh shit yeah so in let's talk about this then and king tom i'll kick it to you we have like learned what i would consider to be some surprising things or saw some surprising things and like one of the one of the things i'm specifically talking about is obi-wan saying he thinks he may have had a brother yeah yeah and yeah we talked about that last night and uh i mean out of all that stuff man what about the show has caught you off guard i think i didn't expect to feel as emotional during the show by the obi-wan and leia moments oh okay Um, you know i i i I said this after we watched the first one but it, it gives total new context to the moments in in a new hope where leia you know luke rescues leia and she's like you're here with ben kenobi and then later on when she's consoling him because you find out that she knew him too. But then a- adding on to it the fact that, you know, in this episode when she picks up that he knew her parents, or at least her father. Yeah. And the way they've treated some of that um, in, in other parts of the canon, like that conversation, Return of the Jedi between her and Luke, um, like in the, in the Bloodline novel. Um, you know, she wants to know who her parents are, and it's just got to be for Obi Wan so heartbreaking that he can't tell her, or he he doesn't mm. want to at this point. Sure. Yeah. When she asked him, "Are you my real father?" That yeah. caught me completely off guard. Yeah, yeah. I never dreamt. And then whenever he said, "I wish I could say that I was." Hmm. You know, That's the, the thing that gets me, like his, like his, Ewan McGregor's performance, like his sentimentality about all the things when it does the throwback to like Padme or those times, like his performances just, they freaking pull at the heartstrings. Like you can see that like he like longs for that time. The amount of uh, acting just with his facial expressions with no words has mm-hmm. been amazing. Whenever he gets told that Anakin is still alive. And they zoom up tight on him. And I mean, it is feels like an eternity of him just staring at the camera, like trying to reconcile that in his mind. He's done a just a tremendous, tremendous job with right. this. 
there's a moment like when he tells him that where it looks like he had like the wind knocked out of him for a second. He's mm-hmm. like, huh. or when uh, another part that keeps on coming to in the second episode when he's inside the little like meth lab thing that they're doing and he ends up like choke holding that guy asking like, where is she? Mm-hmm. Oh, like th- there's a look on his face where he's like, he's, he's on a mission. It's like the first time you see him like very much in like battle mode. Yeah. There's just so yeah. many like, yeah, great performances without dialogue. So, Araj, out of all the episodes we've seen so far, what has what sticks out to you the most? Um, man, I've loved all of them. I love the tone of episode one. I, I wasn't expecting it to be that tone at all. But the, this last one last night, what sticks out to me the most, which was, it was shocked to me, is that we saw Anakin on that planet. That wasn't Vader. Mm-hmm. He refers himself as Anakin. He talks to Obi-Wan as Anakin. He said, you did this to me. With everybody else, every time Vader speaks, even Ahsoka, he says, Anakin Skywalker's dead. He didn't say that to Obi-Wan. He says, you did, you, pretty much, I've become what you made me. So in my eyes, he's Anakin at that moment. And he wants payback and he wants revenge. And then he'll go back to Vader. I mean, he's doing Vader things, obviously. But that's Van- that's Anakin underneath that mask. There's no doubt yeah. about it to me. And that's- that that really that really tripped me out because I've never heard him speak like that, even in books. Um, some of the books, I think King Tom, he he really tries to fight um, the the feeling of being Anakin Skywalker and remembering, yeah. in, um, especially but, in the comics. But yeah, yeah. But in this one, um, um, yeah, man, oh, I was like amazed and and. What Boo was saying, it was straight darkness and horror and, and the Vader that we've seen in video games and the Vader that we've seen in Rogue One is what the Vader is that we have right here. I mean, it's just ruthless. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was cool. Now, one thing I really enjoyed was, in, and this is the third episode, by this point, the other two seem like we saw them a year ago. It's just the crazy the way time works. Mm-hmm. but the 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 underground railroad yeah. aspect of it and right. the people who are risking their lives to make this happen and has anybody talked to sal i t- yeah texted i talked him j- yeah. just to say have you watched today's episode he, had, he like, has watching it right now he was i invited him to come on with us mm-hmm. and he's like dude i'm gonna go home he was still at work this was like an hour and a half ago i'm gonna go home and watch the episode buddy i said oh you haven't even watched it yet okay yeah, I wanted to say the same thing to him, but I yeah. I held back. So I hope no it, one's ruined it. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I I wasn't gonna tell. I wasn't even gonna say. Oh man, you're really no, gonna I, love this. I yeah, I didn't say if anything. He'd no. seen it, yeah. and he was busy uh, doing doing the Lord's work, man. Uh, speaking of which, I got to meet him in person finally, and it mm-hmm. was pretty great. Yeah, I was, he, yeah. He's aw- awesome. He's an awesome guy, and meeting him in person was. Like he's even more awesome than I thought possible. <laughs> yeah. We're lucky to but, have him down here, man. Yeah. But what we're talking about is Obi-Wan sees that Quinlan Voss has been there. So rad. dude. Oh. And so uh, well, I'm hoping that we see him in the show and what it's going to turn out is that it's freaking Sal and he just never told any of us. <laughs> well, it's very possible, Eric. Dude, I would. The way crap. the week went. Yeah. yeah. The way this, yeah. The way the week went. So uh, in the very first episode, there's a scene where they're in the town where they find the Jedi hung. And there's been some speculation on who may have done that, by the way. We'll come yeah. back to that in a minute. 
But immediately after we watched the first two episodes, a good friend of ours, um, it, he came to us and said, it was Steel Saunders from the Steel Wars podcast, came to us and said, I need you guys to come up to our room. I'm going to show you something that's going to blow your mind. I'm like, look, I fell for this once before. So no. <laughs> but we went ahead and did it anyway. <laughs> and we're going through and he pauses it. And you guys have probably seen the social media posts. But he's in the show. He's in the first episode as an extra, as Boo so horrifically, hilariously pointed out during his live show. But he's in the episode and he got to live his dream of being in Star Wars. And everybody on the floor he was in knows that because after we got done watching it, he jumped up and down on his bed like a six year old. In a in a way that I'm happy, I'm not making fun of him, and he's like, "I was at Star Wars," which I, I'm so happy for him to be able to do that. It was so great to see him like that, and, yeah. and you know he's held it in, and he just let loose. It was so yeah. great. Yeah, he yeah. the fact that he was able to keep a lid on that, I think that would be yeah. hard. And so, what's funny, and I don't know when he's going to release this, but at his live show, he spent a considerable amount of time ripping on us on this show for things yeah. not, not us not us yeah why was it king tom up there by the way because I, I didn't and say boo, anything boo about had... it oh that's why oh okay. that's true that's but, so true. it was randy and boo and Raj, that's why and fair, myself yeah. we rip on him a lot on the show so yeah, yeah. less was coming. less was on stage for it but um yeah, yeah he beat us up pretty good because Whenever I had seen the story, and I don't remember what it was, Vanity Fair, whatever, it mentioned that there would be Star Wars, that some Star Wars super fans had been fortunate enough to be cast in the show. And we had things to say about that. And who (laughs) wouldn't it be funny if, and who could it possibly be? And he, at our expense, entertained the crowd at length. So it's definitely going to be a podcast worth catching. It was a lot of fun. It was a very good time. But uh, (laughs) It was a great time. Yeah, so I'm. I mean, are is it? I, I assume that the show writers have made it clear. I don't think it's really speculation at this point. But one of the younglings that escapes at the beginning of the first episode is Reva. Would you yes. agree? Agreed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And she's got this. She's clamped down on this idea of of getting revenge on Obi Wan Kenobi, and she mentions at some point you hear her mumbling under her breath, "You know, I'm going to get what's mine." And she's, you know, so saying, hoping that she will too. I suspect that we're going to find out that there's some beef, whether known or unknown, to Obi Wan that he abandoned those kids or something along those lines and she wants to make him pay for what has happened to her like maybe she laments the fact that she's is what she is now maybe she feels like the only way she could survive was to become what she's become well you saw her reaction when she saw the jedi symbol and what it wasn't a reaction of hate at first i think it turned into hate but it was it was very uh emotional for her to see that and then randy last night in our reaction video we got to watch it all together uh you had mentioned a theory randy about her i think it's a possibility that she could uh, obi-wan's a means to an ends thing and she's more interested in having a closer audience with vader 
And mm-hmm. like, I think they are really going hard in on the, yes, I want to find Obi-Wan, but I think she just wants to find Obi-Wan because she knows that's what Vader wants. And I think she might, might have a grudge with Vader more than anything. Do you think her ultimate plan is to get revenge for Order 66? I would think so. I think there's at some point Ooh, there, we maybe we do a, a flashback twist. where we see her seeing Anakin there, and that's how she's put all these pieces together. What if she had a younger brother or sister when he got it? Yeah, room? I consider that too. Oh, yeah, chopped all those little tiny kids to pieces. Oh man! Oh, yeah, I didn't wow! That would be a yeah. really cool little little flippy flip there. I just think there's don't you, don't you get the feeling like they're kind red of red herring kind one of thing? Yeah, like but there yeah. could be more to it. Yeah. Yeah, I never considered it from that point of view, I suppose, that there could be something there. I, or, or, or she could just be that ambitious and get to a point and then Anakin slash Vader realizes, um, no, miss, you're not taking over because she's just like the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Very ambitious, steps on anyone's neck, uh, capitalizes on mistakes, eliminates the competition, if she gets close enough to eliminate Vader and then try to get close to Palpatine as I'm just as powerful or I can become more powerful. Why don't you train me? Maybe Anakin at some point just says, I got to take this chick out. Mm-hmm. So as much as I hate to talk about this, I do want to bring up the fact that there's in typical star Wars fandom fashion, there's kind of a stir around Moses Ingram's character that we're not seeing around any other characters. I just want to point out, I, I maybe I'm blind to this. But in a crazy turn of events, the Star Wars social media account and like Star Wars at large have stepped in, which I am impressed by. Right. Ewan McGregor posted a video of himself addressing this, and it's a revolving around racism pointed at Moses Ingram. And of course, in typical fashion, the the lucasfilm hatered youtube channels i saw one that was lucasfilm continues to attack fans with vile tweets and one of the things us racists yeah one of the things they said was choose not to be racist now here's the deal if you're assuming that's directed at you personally there's a chance (laughs) that that you're racist when somebody tries to explain to you how non-racist they are it's because deep down they're afraid they are racist on some level, mm-hmm. but th- what they're really addressing and she talked about it is she is getting actual super crappy racist filled messages it directed at her. And that's who they're talking about. But for everybody else that's maybe not doing that to, to be offended and then it becomes, well, she's just a trash actor and a, this is a trash character and the show sucks and all that. I saw somebody on, I don't even remember if I follow them or not, how they popped up on my timeline, but they're like, I would really love to go to celebration, but given the, like all this, I don't know that I want to. And what's great is somebody accurately pointed out that those typically aren't the people who go to celebration. No, zero. This is the, this is the, the keyboard warrior who they can talk a good, a big game because they're, they don't have to suffer any repercussions for it that if you talk to him face to face it's kind of like i always say where listen if you're if you're racist for example but you can't sit in a room one-on-one with somebody's grandma and tell them that they're less than you because of the color of their skin then you 
you aren't standing on your convictions and you're an even worse kind of person. You know what I mean? And I think there's a lot of that in this is that people like to talk big whenever there's no, they don't have to face the music for it. And I, those aren't the people that are going to go. And I'm glad because that there's no room for that crap. No, there's no room for that crap anywhere in what we do in the fandom that we're a part of or any place in the world. Yeah. And the fact, right. and the fact that that's even a thing, it's so disappointing that people yeah, will just continue to disappoint you in one fashion or another. And that's what makes being surrounded by the people that we surrounded ourselves with just that much better. Right. You know, well, there's, well, there's a saying, the emptiest cans make the loudest noise. I mean, <laughs> some of these people are not even Star Wars fans. I think they just, they just jump on the bandwagon just to be assholes and be racist. Oh, there's a new character. Okay. Let me just be a fucking racist and let me jump on this and say I'm a Star Wars fan and say, fuck this person. Like, it's just it's such a joke. And well, it sucks they, that we have to even talk about it. But yeah, what they try to do is hide behind this. Like, now you start to see this. They're, they're getting a little bit more clever. And I hate to give them any credit for being smart at all. But uh, their, their thing now is like, oh, it's just poor writing. Yeah, I oh, saw oh, that. The character is not lot. believable. Like, I couldn't believe that this character is that menacing. Right. And it's, it's like so garbage. <laughs> it's so stupid. Or it has no heart. I read that, and literally, it's nothing but heart. The first two episodes. It's like no, it's like you're the person who doesn't have a heart. That's the problem, not the. The show last part. thing that needs to be said by any of us that do not have screenwriting credits to our fucking name is some stupid shit like that. It's so, one thing to critique a show or have like you know your little gripes or whatever, but don't start trying to hide behind like that you're some type of you know, uh, straight up aficionado and you got like 30 IMDB credits and that, you know, you've, you've done this thing, you know, it's like, no, you haven't. You're racist. It sucks for us. You need to accept it. And let's just keep on moving. You stay over there. Yeah. That's we'll it. continue doing what we yeah. do. And it's obvious that y'all just have a problem with someone because what she's got dreads or she's got locks that are tied into an awesome hairstyle. Or what? That she can kick ass? Like, come on. What are you afraid of? Yeah. What, well, here, what is the issue here? I think in, the problem, Randy, real quick. I think the problem is that we give such attention to these idiots. And they know that anytime Star Wars has some racist shit that happens, that Variety is going to pick up on it. That you know, And now we have Ewan McGregor and the actors actually talking about it. And Star Wars talking about it. Which I absolutely think it was phenomenal they did that. It, there, it's going to happen more now because they've gotten their attention. And I, I know it sucks. And we, it, we can't just sit there and let them do it, but, but this is how the, the circle keeps going and we can't, it, it's, we can't break through. So like you, you're saying how they, if somebody runs out on the field in a baseball game, they will not show them on TV to right. keep bu right. other buttholes from getting right. the idea that this is what they're going to do too. Exactly. That's a tough line because it in is this case, line. they're standing up for, and injustice, yeah. but and it I does suck great. because you're right. One feeds the other, right? But yeah, uh, so yeah. I, I, I was great what they did. Look yeah. over the last five years, and you have you know John Boyega, Kelly Marie Tran. Tran. They got bullied by people who call themselves Star Wars fans, but clearly aren't. And the company did nothing. You know, co-stars every now and then would say something in a magazine interview, but there was no real direct addressing, and it just kept on happening. And Lucasfilm did get hit for that. Yeah. Right. And John so, Boyega had a meeting with yeah. Kathleen Kennedy, and I'm sure he voiced off about that as well. 
So I uh, had a real long talk with friend of the show, Laura Syracuse, and she was the one who cosplayed as Rose because, hey, there's Mm -hmm. somebody in Star Wars who looks just like me. And that's, it's hard for us to understand how important that is because everybody looks like us for for the most part. But uh, like, for example, anyway, uh, just never mind all that. I won't go there. (laughs) <laughs> but for her, she got crapped on big time. Oh, big time. Yeah. And she's just a cosplayer. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that that just shows you where things are at, man. But let's focus on something positive now. The fact that we got this show and uh, these these three great episodes. One thing I wanted to jump on in the very first episode. We saw that Jedi hung up from the that post out in the middle of town. I assumed that it was the Inquisitors that did it because they were in that bar. They left, but it like it didn't show them leaving the planet. They just left that facility. But some other people thought maybe the townsfolk did it or somebody in the town did it to get the Inquisitors to leave them alone. Now, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Anybody got any particular lines of thought there? It was Ajax Citizen. <laughs> Has anyone mentioned that that is one of the, one of the uh, Safety brothers? Director? Saturday it was uncut gems. Yeah, that's one of them. Oh, the I didn't one that was that was the Jedi that was hung up. Yeah, the Jedi that talks to. Obi-Wan oh, that's so cool. Herself. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. That's great. No, I didn't. Chances know that. are you probably know someone who was in the Obi Wan Kenobi show. Ask your friends. Oh, Some for sure. Somebody's out. in there's it. Probably someone you know. There's going to be other people popping up. Uh, we won't say. Did he make oh, stickers? Gonna... Who's that? The Safdie brothers. Yeah. Did, did one of them make stickers? Because I, I wouldn't know unless they made stickers. <laughs> Honestly, I thought it was... Uh, Ajax Citizen. Re- I thought up. it was Reva who did it. Like, she was uh, going around their orders and killing him just to bring out Obi-Wan. That's what I thought, anyways. That's a good theory. I, yeah. I, I, th- I thought that we saw the, the Inquisitor ship just before we... Like, he walks into the center of town and sees, sees the Jedi hung up. Or, or am I? Or am I remembering I saw it the, correctly? The Inquisitor ship take off. And yeah, like a couple like, scenes later. Was it later? Saw this because mm-hmm. my so. my, under, my understanding is that they took off because job's done. Got the guy. Got to go. Well, they came. Thing. Did they come back? After no, he they was hung they, up? they they never actually left because we saw their ah, ship leave. Okay, okay, they okay. were just looking elsewhere. And my understanding is that they got him. If if the town folk did it. I think that would be interesting, but I, I think I think they would have played on that a little bit more, maybe on like uh Yeah. It would have been pretty difficult for the town folk to mess with the Jedi. Yeah, because because I I think they would have um Especially one that directed on Cut Gems. Such a good movie. Yeah, and, and yeah, save the super. save the the guy's bar. But I, I, I think if if the town folk had, had done it, I think they would have made that more obvious or played on it a bit more as like a, maybe Obi-Wan is, you know, he's like, oh, I really can't do anything because they're even going to turn me in. You know, oh, I, you, yeah. know, you know, the Jedi saved this guy's bar and they still, you know, killed them himself or turned him in, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I, I think the Inquisitors did it, but I, I, it would be interesting if the town folk did it. Horrible, but interesting. Now, the townspeople that they showed reacting to it were appeared genuinely horrified, but that doesn't mean it couldn't just be, you know, somebody, one among them. But I assume it was the Inquisitors. Can I ask King Tom something? Okay. Um, 
So this is the first time, other than Kylo Ren, we've seen a Jedi, a Force user, go into somebody's mind and take information out, correct? Pretty sure. Snoke did it. Snoke did it. Okay. And Kylo Ren did it. And now so, Reva. So why wouldn't Reva just go into Owen's mind and find out if he knew anything about the Jedi? That's a good question. When the Jedi is literally 10 feet away. And why doesn't she have the sense feeling any kind of force powers when he's 10 feet away hiding in the cave? Well, okay. So th- that's a two-part question. I think the, the not not sensing him force wise because obi-wan has kind of been out of touch with the force he and he's he's put the force away okay that's a good just just like luke in the last jedi now we're seeing here where obi-wan it's he's very rusty right obviously in vader in fighting vader he's not in any type of shape to do that as far as why didn't reva start mind probing people that's a good question maybe it takes time and concentration and when she did it with um Kamel Nanjiani and Haj- when Haja Haja I think something like that and when yeah. Kylo did it with Ray when Snoke did it with Ray they were the only people around around where oh, she okay. was surrounded by all these other people it could have also been time because the other inquisitor was there and he was kind of breathing down her neck he didn't want to be there threatening the town people okay so i mean you you can make excuses for it but i don't know i accept accept that explanation king tom well because because i wonder too like if you've seen shows where say somebody does have the ability to read minds Mm -hmm. right so like that show with tom holland that movie with tom holland and daisy ridley where everybody's all the men they're all their thoughts are constantly on display that it's noisy like you can't turn it off. You're not just targeting the one person you're hearing everything that's around. So maybe that isolation is important to be able to, to get it. But, uh, and I suspect that there's a certain level of vulnerability for the person doing it. Like if she tries to reach into Owen's mind, they're surrounded by people and that, that might put her in a position to be attacked. Okay. Uh, but so, so Kumal Nanjiani's character, I, me personally, I love it. I love the humor that he brings and uh, the twist that he's really legitimately wanting to help people and is part of this. And he just likes to, you know, he's like, do I want to help people? Yes. Do I love credits? Yes. <laughs> but I love the way they played that because it's, it's real. And it's, what did you guys think? I loved it, man. Like I've been watching the, or listening to that guy podcast since he was, back in the day uh, doing a podcast called The Indoor Kids, where it was like him and his girlfriend or his wife at the time talking about video gaming. And like this guy has developed such a good like comedic timing for just playing like kind of a, uh, like a light dirt bag. He has like such a good timing on everything he does. I, I loved it. What do you guys think? He was great in Eternals as well, by the way. As much people didn't yeah. like that movie, he was mm-hmm. great in it. I love his line. Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. Uh, but so, as far as with Obi Wan, let's we got so much to talk about with Celebration. Let's just jump off of that. But we got three more episodes to go, and I'm oh, it's sad. I'm so into it, I I can't wait for him. But also at the same time, I wish we could prolong it. Can we just talk about Obi Wan getting burned just for a second? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that 
I did not see that coming. I didn't know that. That was bro. He is so Vader is petty as fuck, dude. (laughs) So petty. Well, I mean, imagine being burnt alive and Obi Wan just leaving you there to have it happen. Oh yeah, but then he, but before that happens, he's dragging people down the street. He's just being petty, man. Snapping necks. Yeah, yeah just making well, everyone look foolish because he he's got to wear that. I'm guessing he thought that up for for a very long time. He's like, I'm going to burn. Uh, exactly. Exactly. I'm going oh, to yeah. set him on fire like he did to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now I, I was moderately concerned. That they were going to be like, and that's why he looks so old in well, yeah. New Hope. And I was I, like, I think it's going don't. there, Eric. I think it's going there. I think not only that, also that their way that they, if you, the style of light, the lightsaber battle was very much the style of New Hope, maybe a little bit more aggressive. It looked like just Vader was just doing whatever he wanted with them, was toying with them. But Obi Wan did not look like, neither of them looked like they did in Revenge of the Sith, obviously. So I think. That not only Vader in that suit it has uh, slowed down a bit, just a tiny bit, um, and Obi Wan not being able to use the Force as we saw him, he wasn't great with the lightsaber, and also getting hurt. I think it, they're going to keep compiling. I think on this, I just don't think that needs an explanation. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. The explanation is it was a different actor. That's your explanation. Don't. Right. There's no need to address it. For me personally, I don't right? Know, but you know, Star Wars, man, they yeah, like, filling in the holes. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't watch the credits. The voice for Vader. Oh, it scared me, dude, for a second. I well, know, right? It? I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> like, what are you talking about right yeah. now? <laughs> I thought there was a cutscene. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do you was it was it James Earl Jones? Yes, it yes, was. It was. It was one hundred percent James Earl Jones. He's he recorded every line for the for the show. Because it sounds awesome. so much better than Rogue One. It does. It does. Yeah. And, and I just watched Rogue One on a plane ride home, and it's like there's a a quality to the voice that's mm-hmm. strained. And whenever I heard it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the voice of Vader that I remember. And I'm so glad it sounded like that. Yeah. Right. It's really good. The Rogue One sounded more like the Rebels a little bit to me. Vader. Um. Yeah, maybe, but I still think even that sounded. There was Dang. like a, like a higher end, almost Metallic like voice wheeziness to yeah, yeah, the Rogue yeah. One. I, I like Vader. how in this episode they kind of EQ out a lot of the like reverberating bass in his voice because it's like in the open air. At least that's the way I took it because it Ooh. doesn't have that like punchy like bass to the voice. Right, like but he's not in a closed room with metal yeah, walls. It's not bouncing mm. off of walls and everything. It had a cool sound to it. Oh, and uh. I was wondering who the voice was for that Freck guy. It's uh, Zach Braff. Yeah. yeah. It Damn was it, Zach I thought it was Braff. Seth Rogen. Son oh. of a bitch. Zach Braff. Zach Damn Braff. It. Well done, Braff. And, so if anyone and knows he's Zach dating. Braff, that's your point on the bingo card. And he's <laughs> dating, what's her name, man? From uh, Black Widow. And that Freck is a uh, snitch. Well oh, done, Zach great. Braff. Well, I love how he's like, I love the Empire. It's great. Nothing wrong well, with the Little Order. Freck. <laughs> what the but. Freck? Yeah, anyhow. All right, all right. So there's tons of other stuff to talk about with Celebration. Oh, One nice. of the things that uh, that Randy pointed out, and I wasn't in the big room for this. We were in one of the overflow rooms. But the opening ceremony, and it starts with uh, Duel of the Fates. <laughs> and it was spot on, pitch perfect. The mix was great. It turns out it's a live 
giant professional chorus that if you've never seen a vocal chorus like that live, I strongly recommend you do because it almost doesn't matter what the music piece is. It will drive you to tears. It's tremendous to watch a professional choir like that at work. And it blew my mind how spot on they were. And the orchestra, the mix was so good for a live orchestra like that. And, and especially because we're not seeing it in the room. We're seeing it. So it's plainly all microphones, what we're hearing. We're not getting the ambient sound. Because if you've ever heard an orchestra in real life, they're loud as hell. They really are. It's, yeah. But that, that to me was amazing. Oh, but really cool. even cooler, you know, they bring out John Williams to celebrate his 90th birthday. Maestro. And the guy, when you watch him conduct, a lot, of t- a lot of people don't realize what a conductor does. But what the conductor does, they control the dynamics and the tempo. The, the musicians, it's like how like modern pop, rock, and all that are listening to a metronome in their ears. Tick, 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 tick. But the, the motion of the, the conductor's baton is what controls that. But then he's also controlling the, the, uh, the dynamics by the amount of his movements and cueing people in. But what I love seeing the most was him mouthing the music. Yeah. Like the sounds. That's how connected he is to it. And to watch a master at work and watch this 90-year-old man command this orchestra and the way he that he did was amazing. And we got to hear the Obi-Wan theme live in its entirety. Like what you would say for a like a pop arrangement for it or a performance arrangement as opposed to just the part you get in the show. And it was so good. And then like, and when I go back to the mix, even like the harp, the way the harp, you could, how well you could hear it. And the, it, there were several production issues in this, especially the streams to the other rooms. Okay. Oh. With the crappy camera switching and like, I've done a lot of this, so it's easy for me to complain about it. But the camera switching for that was great because it was on the harp when it was time for the harp. It was on the stuff that it was supposed to be. And it was really, really good. But, uh, what, <laughs> Randy, you were in the big room for that. No, I was with, I was literally right next to you. He's right, right next to you. Oh, that's you right. No, you were talking about for the airing of Kenobi. Yeah. 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 Oh, for Kenobi. Yeah. To the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Viewing. But Sorry, yeah, the man. same thing. Like even, even though it was on the speakers and we weren't getting the full live performance, yeah, that was the one time that when they're playing the Obi-Wan theme, I don't know what it is about Star Wars music, but that shit gets me. That like that got me in tears. And yeah. I, as a man who is part Irish, I don't like to talk about emotions, but that shit got me to tears for a second. Like hearing <laughs> him do like potentially play like the last <laughs> original song that he's going to write for Star Wars mm-hmm. for the first time. Yeah, like, oh, that that got me, man. That was awesome. That was so And plus cool. it, watching him as a conductor turn around, look at the audience, he's like Okay, calm down. Mm-hmm. He like hushes the audience. I'm yeah, like, let's get a boss. Yeah. Well, Raj and I were talking about how uh, this style of music is the classical music of today because you'll hear modern classical music, and I'm just going to be honest with you, none of it has stirred me the way that John Williams orchestral scores do. And part of it is because the manner in which it evokes emotion, we so much of it is tied to a visual for us that even without the visual you still feel that and you see it somebody asked one time if you could like 
you weren't allowed to watch these movies unless you agreed to give up ever seeing the original trilogy again, just as posing, you know, a hypothetical. And my question was, well, do I get to listen to the soundtracks? Right. Because right. if I do, I'm good because I can close my eyes and instantly yep. go to the movie and yep. replay every moment of it because every of how moment. tight together it is. But 200 years from now, it's going to be just like Beethoven's fifth where today it's still this instantly recognizable dun 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 everybody knows that and that song is old as can be and a lot of music being made today is not going to be like that but 200 years from now people will still be orchestras will still be playing beethoven's fifth and mozart's uh sonata and c and all mm-hmm. these other things and they're going to be playing john williams music i'm just telling you oh it, it, absolutely and what we were talking about is how uh these these guys are our mozarts and beethovens that's mm-hmm. who they are and as a joke i said in 200 years you're going to be able to use all kinds of star wars music for free because it's probably going to be in the public domain you know what i mean Hot damn for YouTubers, man. Just you lucky, keep, you lucky sons of bitches. Keep the keep the uh YouTube channel alive, Raj. Hand it down generationally. I will. Yeah. There you go. You man, man, oh man, talk about monetization at that point. Oh. <laughs> but um that was pretty great. You know, and let's talk about that opening panel itself. They you know, announced this, they announced that. <laughs> but to me, the standout of that panel, once you get past those things was Dave Filoni. Oh, yeah. You guys are familiar with Dave Filoni at all, the cowboy hat-wearing maverick who was tutelage. His tutelage was under George Lucas, and he's maintained this thing. That dude was deep in the sheets, man. He was definitely drunk or had had a couple of edibles, and they hit him at the wrong time or something because he was like, oh, man, Star Wars is so good. Dude, I kind of like him more now because of that. I was like, this guy took some edibles or something before. Yeah, yeah, it was was to start your celebration, Tom. Like, just like, okay, this is how it's going to be. Like, yeah, it definitely sets the pace. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Because when you see him later in other panels, he's not like that. No, no. When when we saw him in the um, uh, Tales of the Jedi panel that that Tom and I went to, it was he was not like that at all. So that was that was pretty cool. (laughs) And uh, I'm very glad that they streamed that stuff around the way they did. I do think, and this is just my opinion, but I feel like all of that stuff should be streamed to the uh, to the. uh, convention floor stage yeah whatever they call mm-hmm. that the star wars show stage i feel like that should be streamed there and not just if in your ear in one of the rooms and i don't know if that's to pull they can't police people pulling their phones out and all that that's exactly what that is but look so much of the stuff that they're like do not get your phone out and film any of this was instantly on youtube by star wars yeah. we're getting ready to see this trailer don't film it and boom, it's on. And, not and that, I mean, I, not that I Mando on though. That Mando, that's true. That thing was rad. But. Right. And and I guess that's ultimately why. But it's hard to understand that because the people who are going to search that out are doing it because they love Star Wars and they want to see more of it. Yep. I don't understand mm-hmm. the reasoning behind holding it back because here we are, and we've talked about this at length. But there's no. Obi-Wan Black Series figure from the show ready to buy. 
And it's it seems like such a shame that all this stuff is kept so secret for so long. Because let's be real, Obi-Wan's going to be wearing robes. It, like, we've seen the movies on either end of this. It, so it's not going to be shocking, whatever they have him dressed as, to have a figure ready to be on the shelves at that time. And but instead you can pre-order it and it'll be out and sometime in whenever. Uh, one cool thing I did think that that Hasbro released and it went up for pre-sale today was Young Leia's little droid Lola, a full animatronic version of it. It's yeah. ninety bucks, but um, I think that's pretty cool. No, oh, that's rad. That thing looks neat. I, th- I I don't know. Like I I feel like they should release this stuff. But uh, I don't know if uh, I feel like they're they're doing they want to incentivize people to have a reason to go there like that. You're getting privy to information that otherwise wouldn't happen. But I don't think it honestly matters in the end. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. I the people who are going to consume that information love Star Wars. That's pretty much the, the general the general idea of it. But anyhow, but anyhow, moving in on. the end, it doesn't even matter, bro. Oh. Yeah. let's talk about the mando thing real quick that thing was rad nobody else got to see it anywhere else but those those scenes were pretty amazing yeah yeah that that was neat uh speaking of mando one of the really cool things that they did was announced on uh, opening day that they put this thing together the mandalorian experience which was set up like a museum display and it was stuff from the actual show. And I didn't think it was going to be nearly as good as it was. I ran into Ben Hart, our friend from uh, Star Wars Underworld. And he told me, he's like, it is a must-see. Yeah. Uh, like, well, and so I was fortunate enough to get in. I know a lot of people couldn't. Mm-hmm. And my buddy Tracy Moon, who I finally got to meet for the real the, the first time in real life. And... I must have missed something there, but oh, never mind. I got you now. So <laughs> anyway, Tracy got into it and gave me his plus one, and we got to go see it. And I, like I said, I wasn't prepared for how good it actually was. I mean, they had the full size in one starfighter in the middle of the room. It was like the anchor display, but they also had the entire Boba Fett throne with the screen used armor and the screen used Fennec Shan costume. And everything was screen used. And one of the things that Favreau said was don't touch. <laughs> oh, dang it. Are, is that why he texted me? Don't, don't touch anything because we're going to need to use it still. And it was great. It was so good. I mean, they had like the animatronic Rancor head and the whole thing. Uh, that blew me away. I was so surprised at how great it was. Did anybody else get to see that? Yes. That thing was incredible. Incredible. Besides the the Lucasfilm uh, you know live action panel, the if if I only had to do two things, it'd be that panel and the Mando experience because that was amazing. Just the the amount of stuff they had in there from everything from you know the Book of Boba Fett season you know from the Mando season one season two all the characters. Just it, it, it almost felt like if you're walking through, you're watching 
the entire two seasons and the book of Boba Fett. So like, cool. like you felt like you're just like in the show almost. You're like, I've, I've seen all this, you know, like everything, just costumes, weapons. Um, uh, what is it? Characters. They had the, uh, what, what was the, what was the, the sand thing that they killed with the, with the, with the spear, like Moby Dick style. What, what was that thing called? The, which one the the the, the crate the, dragon the crate dragon they even had like a model of that how it looks that was incredible the rancor how they even had you know uh, the the uh the handler for scale that thing is enormous awesome awesome yeah if, Danny if, trejo there they, they had no. his outfit yeah <laughs> yeah so oh my gosh that'd be hilarious know, but you know because guy. like there have been times where there I the display in Chicago where there was like all these mannequins with costumes and I think most of them were costumes that weren't screen used they were like 501st and stuff like that but the, one of the Jawas mannequins that sitting there suddenly they moved because it was an actual person oh, and it scared the crap out of people oh. <laughs> but it looked like that could happen at any time because they had Cad Bane they had the breakdown of how his face went together in another case. They had yeah, Chrysanthemum. They had, uh, like, looking at, oh, in his eyes. Chrysanthemum, he crazy. looks like he's angry at you. And just, just going to walk off of that platform. And, uh, and, he's, and he's, like, glaring down, like, at the perfect angle to look at you. Because, you know, he's already enormous, and then he's on top of this platform. And then they like lined up the eyes perfectly, be glaring right at you. You're like, this, he's going to yeah. fucking hit me. It's over. <laughs> and they had like, I got to see Ahsoka's saber hilts up close and oh. they're so much more rounded off on the edges than they are like any hilts you see that you can buy. No, because I mean, mind you, any hilts that you've been able to buy up to this point have been based on the cartoons. So, but it, they looked so rad. They looked really, really good. Um. Uh, Cool. Yeah, I'm. I I'm sorry, you guys. Some of you guys didn't get a chance to see it. It was well. Really I got a reservation for 4 p.m. on that first yeah. day before the hubbub about how great it was, and then uh-huh. five o'clock is when we were supposed to be coming back to watch the premiere. So I was like, Nah, I don't want to miss the premiere, man. I, right. Even though I probably yeah. could have just like gone through it real quick. And but if I knew how it was, I would have definitely tried to go through it. But that was the very first day it came out. So people weren't really talking about it just yet. Come to think of it, if had you actually went to that, you wouldn't have been wouldn't have had to have bought that guy free drinks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I have that pass if you need it. Uh, <laughs> that was a bad situation. Uh so what's were some other highlights for you guys? Andor, man. Andor was Andor. great. I love that trailer. It was I'm really excited that that kind of tone. You only see Andor two or three times, <clears throat> three times as Eric says, because he's counting a hologram in the trailer, but it still looked really good. And, and Bad Batch looked great. Bad Batch And really uh, the, the panel that you guys went to, um, what was it? The Jedi Tales? Or Tales of the Jedi. Tales of the yeah. Jedi. That one, uh, you guys described it. And I've seen some raw footage, some bootleg footage, and I cannot believe that that live-action Sabine was looking at the animated picture painting that she drew in the end of Rebels, correct? Yes. Yeah. So That is yeah. so meta. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Th- that's what's really cool. So in the, in the series finale of Rebels, they show this mural 
and it's the entire Rebels crew. And so that's in live action, that exact mural, because it's Sabine's own artwork. Right. And that is cool. That is really neat, man. That's That's not one of these things where it's so meta, it's up its own butt. It's nothing like (laughs) that. It's just really, really cool. Now, Tales of the Jedi, we got to see an entire episode. There's six. Three of them are based around Ahsoka, and three of them are based around uh, Count Dooku. And they talked about about with the Dooku one that uh, Liam Neeson is the voice of Qui-Gon, but Liam Neeson's son is the voice of young Qui-Gon, which I think that's pretty dope, man. That had to feel cool to do. And that's a story I'm really excited to see. We also saw Yaddle in there. So Mm -hmm. there's that. Um, I was really hoping we'd see Jocasta news so that King Tom would finally be happy about the way celebration went. But (laughs) that would have ruined my celebration. (laughs) Uh, So we got to see the entire first episode for Ahsoka, which is her as a baby. And um, it was pretty good. I, we won't talk about what happened in it, but it was it was pretty neat. It's well done. It's this like Clone Wars style of animation, but uh, like slightly more realistic. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of talk. Lot not a lot of talking. I heard. Is that correct? Well, I mean, that could have just been this particular episode. They're using a very, and they mentioned the director that I don't remember their name. King Tom, you knew who it was? Miyazaki. 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 Miyazaki and it's like this real slow burn style of storytelling that's pretty neat and I think it lends itself well to that medium but yeah that was neat Bad Batch that panel we're super into that in my house and the we didn't get to see an episode which I was really surprised because that's typically been what they've done with animated panels I think this is my last show everybody (laughs) the private chat's going off I'm pretty sure this is the end of it but uh, anyhow, they didn't show a full episode, uh, which I was surprised at. But what they did show was cool. They showed us a, an extended scene that we see in the trailer. And uh, that was neat. The trailer was really cool. But Araj, what was it that we were watching? We watched the official trailer of, and it wasn't the trailer we saw in the room. Right. King Tom had mentioned that too, because we watched the trailer with King Tom the night before. And then he said that wasn't the trailer. And then I showed you that same trailer we were watching. You said the exact same thing. You're like, that's not what we watched. So there's a, the official trailer is different than what you guys saw. It was, it was mostly stuff was out of sequence. I think there was um, some Captain Rex in the trailer they showed at Celebration that was not in. Is it Ca- no, not Captain Rex? I'm sorry, Commander Cody. Cody, Commander Cody was in the tra- Celebration trailer, but oh, not okay. And oh, no crosshair. Did you guys see crosshair at all in yours? Because we there was no crosshair in the trailer that was out. He's out Man, there. Man, I'm confused because they showed us like a up until now sort of thing and so i remember seeing obviously crosshair in that so i'm kind of confused at what oh, they, okay the, now one really cool thing is that uh they did a, a line reading with the oh. actress who does omega's voice d bradley baker and he so one of the things and i'm so glad david collins asked him this do you do like okay now we're gonna do all of wreckers lines now we're going to do all of Hunter's lines. And he's like, no, I just, I'm not doing it like that. I want to do them all in a row. And so he seamlessly does it. It's just like what Seth, Seth MacFarlane, mm-hmm. uh, the way he does family guy, he's just back and forth from the characters all in a line. And they read out a scene that we had seen before. And the way he did it was so, so good. 
And he's obviously very skilled at what he does. And what's funny is I was, my son Henry today was watching Captain Underpants, the epic mm-hmm. tales of on Netflix. And there was a voice in there that I could have sworn was the voice of SpongeBob. Turns out it wasn't, but this guy sounds exactly like Tom Kenny doing SpongeBob. But while I'm looking at that, I realized that D. Bradley Baker did several voices in oh. SpongeBob SquarePants. And which is funny because there's one of the fish that I realize now sounds a lot like Wrecker. And that's why it sounded familiar to me. That's cool. But yeah, he's so good at what he does. And the way they, they read that out was really neat to see. I think everybody got a lot out of it. And the poster that they had for that is, oh, is really bad. cool. It's really, really neat. It's like this 40s style thing. I, I'm real stoked on it. They've, they've done really a real great job with the posters for first season one, too. If you go back and look at some of the artwork that Lucasfilm put out for Bad Batch, they're stellar. They're really cool. Now, past the panels, uh, like being out on the convention floor, one of the coolest things was uh, King Tom pointed out to me because I hadn't noticed him was Christopher Sean, who did the voice of Kazuda uh, Ziono yeah. uh, on yeah. Resistance, which was huge in our house. Henry loved that show. And so we went up and talked to him and he was so generous with his time to the point that King Tom and I felt like we were hogging it up. So we tried to end the conversation and he wasn't having that. You know, he, he just kept on talking and like yeah. he was asking us questions. Yeah. Which I thought was really neat. And then he yeah. said, you know, I said, my son, Henry, loved the show. And he's like, well, hey, let's make a video for him real quick. That's so awesome. cool. That's and so I showed cool. that to Henry yesterday. And um, his grin was so big. I thought it was going to like the top of his head was going to fall off. Because he d- talks right to him as Kaz. Oh, saying, that's saying, so like, rad. Listen, we need pilots for the resistance. And your pop, he called me his pops. Your pops here tells me that you're oh. blah, blah, blah. And it, dude, it was such that's a good so moment. Cool. Yeah, and his yeah. son was with him, who would, mm-hmm. if I were going to guess, I'd say he was probably like 13, 12, somewhere in there. Wow, and, he doesn't uh, look like he could have a son that's 13. He took it all in stride, man. He, wow. he was, you could tell part of him was like, good God, let's just get a move on. But, uh, <laughs> but that was so cool. And that was a big moment for me. Another big moment was at, during the closing ceremonies, Anthony Daniels goes cruising by us, like with his oh, handler. Cool. And none of he wouldn't even look at us standing there. And he had this look on his face that I couldn't really figure out what that look meant. But I wondered if it was he was pissed off that nobody was yelling at him to, hey, that's, oh my gosh, it's Anthony Daniels. That's what I think. I, I wanted to shout out, hey, I loved you as the emperor, but I didn't. I didn't want to oh give many attention. <laughs> I loved you and Dirty Hunting Scoundrels. <laughs> oh, King Tom. That's so what it, I told uh, Ian McDermott. And he, yeah, he, got, yeah, he chuckled yeah. at me. Oh, he, oh you, you did tell him that, huh? Yeah, I did tell him that. Oh, cool. So, it, like, let's just go around the around the room, man, starting with Randy and going yeah. clockwise. I assume it's the same for everybody as it is for me. What, the favorite celebration moment? Ooh, man. Oh, this <laughs> is my moment. A lot of the stuff that really sticks with me is the stuff offside, honestly. Yep. Just getting to hang out with people and talk about everything that we experienced on the show floor, doing... Uh, the uh, live show on Saturday was a lot of fun. Um, doing the meet and greet with everyone for the Sith list on Sunday was a great time. Like those are the moments that really stick out for me. Obviously, all the stuff we've already talked about, but yeah, and seeing Obi Wan live. I guess. Yeah, I, I agree, Randy. I think um, obviously the celebration itself was just great, and and being there with all you guys, having 
the Sith list all in one spot. That was just amazing. Uh, Saturday's Steel Show, it never disappoints, man. Steel Shows never disappoint. We have a great time. A Sunday was awesome having people over here at the house, getting a party bus, getting people over here, and um, just just shooting the shit and just enjoying ourselves. It wasn't too crazy. Everybody was just like on the down, down on their, you know, at the end of their uh, celebration weekend, but we had a great time. But my favorite moment was watching Eric and King Tom at Disneyland, yes. man. That was my favorite moment. I was about moment. to take that all back. I was like, you guys are all great, but watching these two at Disneyland, oh, man. It was just um, seeing how happy they were, and we were on Rise of the Resistance, and we started giggling like we were like <laughs> nine-year-old kids, and I couldn't even like say anything. I was just laughing so hard, just, and then it was watching them, and I have all the stuff on video. I got I to gotta send it to you guys. I have uh, King Tom and Eric walking up to the Falcon, and I, I stop, and I say, okay, it's your turn to just, you guys go in front of us, take the corner. Because, you know, it's like, if you've ever been, it's, it's a, you see the Falcon once you turn the corner. And they kind of like stopped and slowed down and didn't know what to do. They didn't know if they could get close to it or just see, see it from afar. And, I, and you hear me on the video go, you can get as close as you want to it, buddy. Just don't, <laughs> don't touch it. Like <laughs> so, parents. I was yeah, we were, you guys were like, parents oh, just like, we felt, it, Randy kids. and I felt like parents the entire time. And we got to, we had reservations at the cantina that night so we got to uh experience that with chapman and tracy moon and and um all the all the australians and everybody that we hung out with we had a blast with you 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 know who you are for the people in the group maria lumberjack nick for those two days tracy moon like i said before uh josh nelson i'm gonna go down the list and if i'm missing people that i apologize but uh yeah dom laura gosh yeah i don't want to leave anybody out but yeah that was my favorite moment king tom eric um, being in Disneyland and um, seeing their faces. That was my favorite point. What about you, Les? Yeah, Les, what about you? Well, I have to say this. So my first celebration was Chicago. And what, what? when we got to see, uh, was that a Last Jedi trailer? Mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, it was Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Okay. Yeah. And um, I think King Tom was right next to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we get uh kenobi and i look to my right and who's next who's right over there it's king tom Mm. and that was really cool man to like say okay man i got like two exclusive moments and it was and we were all together for the most part other than randy and boo but it was cool to just get that and like go okay the two times i've been to celebration king tom's been like right there like literally arm's distance Mm -hmm. that i was like shaking him and i'm like hey i gotta be careful i don't want to throw him halfway down the no (laughs) (laughs) we were saving that damn seat for you too but and yeah for you guys to save that seat for me was cool man it was like a it was like a defector getting smuggled out of a country (laughs) it was like hustling and finding a place to park and then i'm like oh yeah with the raj getting through security checkpoints and then he's like where you at do you see me i'm right here i'm looking at you i got your wristband keep walking through the door you make it through the door okay come with that escalator (laughs) <laughs> but uh that and then um you know what yeah having a little party at the end and also getting to meet people you know uh, yeah, certain people cool in all honesty getting to meet uh maria like i've been listening to sisters with sabers i was actually one yeah. of the first guests on the show and like it was cool to like get to uh you know to meet people and to just to meet her too and 
Yeah. We had a lot of, uh, it was for the bounce that I was there, there was a lot of fun. It was. Cedar was awesome, by the way. Uh, he was at the um, show, Steel Show, I believe we met, and he was, mm-hmm. he was really cool to meet. Chad, the guys from Talking Sith uh, were yeah. great. Uh, Tony, who we met while we were having lunch, came up Sean. to us. Sean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sean. Yeah. Absolutely. Sean was great. Uh, it, it was such a great weekend, man. It's going to be hard to replicate, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely try. What about you, King Tom? Yeah, I mean, just to kind of bounce off what Araj was saying, there were also a lot of people who I wish could have been there. Yeah. I know we all wish, you know, they could have been there too. It would have made it even better. Uh, my top thing would definitely be the day at Disney, even though that's technically not, you know, a celebration, but it was part of the whole experience. Mm. And, you know, they did have that thing Friday night that people could go to, so they count that as celebration. I'm counting our Disney trip as celebration. It was, oh, yeah. It was just amazing to go to and, you know, to hang out with, with Araj and Randy and Eric and the Australians and uh, Moon. Um, and then, you know, going, out, going for the drinks at uh, the, the, the cantina and then at the other Disney place even after that. It was just an incredible day. Um, and then, you know, tied for a second was probably everything else. Um, yeah, panels. Right. You know the the panels were great. I you know we I would have liked a little bit more news about the next Star Wars movie, but really other than that, the celebration gave us so much to be glad and thankful for and to look forward to, and to be able to share that with with such 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 awesome people and to get you know and yeah we we got we Araj almost bought bought drinks for the guy who told us he loved us as we were trying to get away from him i did not i I ran away from that guy yeah we 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 did run away we had to meet a friend um so he loves us yes he did but yeah up and even up until leaving at three in the morning on monday it it was it was great (laughs) look at boo's face oh my god who didn't even know there was a three in the morning no (laughs) god no now, oh, what about you, Boo? What was your What was your favorite thing? <laughs> Not leaving at three in the morning. Um, yeah, no, just just everything of celebration. I I do have like a like a like a specific moment that I, I that was incredible. We were leaving. Was it uh, the Californian or the 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 Grand the nice, California? Grand California. Thank you, Brittany. Would kill me right now if she yes. heard me. Yes, if I she heard me not right say now. that correctly, let's let's keep that on the down low. Um, we were we were walking out of there, going into downtown Disney, and Ian McDermott just walking by. He's just walking by, his hands are behind his arms. You know, he's just having a good time. Probably just finished dinner and going back to his room. And I see him. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, and I was like, I I felt like I I got chills, and I was like, I feel like electricity in the air right now. I'm like, this is incredible. So that was cool. But that was just just one particular moment, but. I you know what the the panels are great meeting everybody was really nice seeing everybody again you know it's just so nice everybody's really you know just gets along together it's just a wonderful time and although I would love to get reservations you know to win the lotteries there's just some energy about okay we're in line you know I've been here since eight in the morning I'm I'm fucking ready, man. You know, I'm like, oh shit, am I gonna make it in on the standby line? You know, for the Mando Plus panel, we were like part of like the last twenty people to make it into the Twin Sons room, and just like that excitement, I'm like, man, am I gonna make it? Am I? Oh fuck, I made it! Yeah, 
that yeah, that I'd, I'd i'd love that because you're just like oh man and then after you're like i'm so happy we made it that was incredible so that that feeling is awesome if you if you haven't been to celebration and you it's your first time next year in london or whatever um and you don't get into the main rooms go to the spillover rooms because the energy is is pretty amazing in those rooms as well and, and if you really step back and think about it the energy might be even more in those rooms because those people in the, in the spillover rooms are getting that excited for not even being in the hall with the people itself. So it takes a special kind of person to freak out and get emotional and cry when you're not even in those rooms. You're and there's three, monitor, three yeah. you're watching mm-hmm. a huge ass monitor with 4,000 people. There was 3,800 people in the Kenobi um, one. Jeez. So, it's yeah. Pretty so, awesome. so with the spillover rooms, um, one of the things, because, you know, I do live production all the time in my job is usually in big rooms, man, once you get past, say the 10th, 15th row, when there's IMAG, which is the video screens that you see the people on stands for image magnification. But I always tell people that it stands for, I must appear gigantic. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> a, good. like it's a, yeah, but people that are looking at that instead of the stage, because you can see better. And so when you're in one of these overflow rooms, you're going to be looking at the screen no matter what. And they, there's, we won't, we can talk all day about like the production end of things and stuff that they made mistakes with, but, uh, all in all, it was really good. The, um, I will say I was impressed by their attempt to get as many people into those rooms as possible yes. because it'd be really easy for them to just be like, look, that's it. Get out. But they're going through shoveling people in being like, move over move over, move over, stand in the back. Cause they knew people wanted to see the stuff. That's why they came there. And they did make a valiant effort at that. There's some disorganization. Uh, the Mandalorian experience was very well run, but I think that those were actual Disney employees and the way they do like their guest services and stuff. They always are handing you to the next person who's handing you to the next person when they're guiding you places. And a lot of the, uh, regular like convention workers are volunteers. They're volunteering to do this because they get a free day at the con in exchange. That's typically how those things work. I mean, I'm sure some of them are paid, but lots of them are volunteers. And you're, they're only going to uh, go out of their way so much. The volunteers you know, when- were extraordinarily nice. I mean, the, the, some, some of them didn't know a lot of what, where things were and what was going on. You know, specific details. I can't blame them for that because they're volunteers. All of them were extraordinarily nice. Just and they're honest. They're like, I'm not 100 sure where that is. I could, I could try and help you. I, I appreciated that so much. Their just honesty and their willingness to help and everything. They were just for being volunteers. So yeah, they were very, very nice people. So, so for me, my favorite thing uh, to jump off of what Randy, Raj, and then King Tom have shared. All of my stuff that I would mark as my favorite revolves around people and not about the actual convention events themselves i mean don't don't get me wrong those were amazing but what made them amazing were the people i was with doing it but there was something incredibly endearing i mentioned this during steel show that the the amount of care that araj and randy how invested they were in in tom and i having a good time and what it meant to them was kind of overwhelming to me and I don't want to, I don't want to be weird. Okay. And I'm not trying to like make this all about me, but realizing how many people care about you is mm. 
pretty edifying. It's very tremendous because sometimes people have told me that my confidence can be overwhelming to be around and look like it or infectious. Yeah. But, but you know what I'm saying? I get it, but especially if for somebody who's an introvert, but it like, there's always some part of you that secretly thinks that you're a turd and that everybody thinks you're a turd. And to realize just this, these friends that I've made from all over the world, that how much we couldn't wait to see each other. Friends from Australia, friends from England, just, and all of us being together and realize they're, they care about you as a person. That was, that was pretty neat, man. And I would say that to me was what made the entire experience so great and what made it being over so sad. I was conventioned out for lack of a better way of putting (laughs) it, but I wasn't my friends. I wasn't tired of that. And I would have loved to have had some more time with it. And uh, that was really, really cool. And now like every celebration, I got a message from somebody that was like, yeah, I was right by you and King Tom. And I kind of wanted to say hi, but I didn't didn't know if I should. And I'm like, well, if only we had mentioned a thousand times (laughs) on the show that definitely say hi to us. But listen, I get it too. I I do. I understand that too, but it would, yeah, please, man. We're just, we would, I'm there to meet people and see people. But yeah, I'm, that's, I think that's what meant the most. Like our, our close buddy, Josh Nelson was in Orlando was near us all, but didn't want to come up because he was kind of like, you didn't know, you know, if that would be cool. And, and he's one of the, the greats. It would be, it would have been so amazing to have met him a year prior to our two years prior to that. That would have been amazing. So please, if you see us come up to us, just don't act like you're going to buy me a drink and don't buy me a drink. Oh, and shitty. S- someone called us out on one of the stages. Yeah. One of the we, side stages. Right. We were, uh, Somebody went on the celebration stage, the big stage, oh, the okay. arena, and yelled out, shout out to the Sith list. And we had a couple of people come and ask us, well, they, they came up to us. I think it was the talking Sith guys. And they're like, yeah, you must be stoked. And we had, uh, Les and I had no idea what they were talking about. And you're like, yeah, man, you were, they called you out on, uh, on the celebration stage. I was like, what? I don't know why. As, as long as it was possible. I think, I think I the proper term is a term is a shout out. What I say? Called us we, out. We got called out. Called so out. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not yeah, punching usually, anybody. I'm sorry. Usually I'm not has negative anybody. connotations. Yeah. But so this was like during the pregame part, right? Yes. Where there's, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. that's awesome. But one thing I do want to say when we were talking about if you don't get in the panel lotteries to go to the celebration stage, go to one of the overflows. There's another reason to go to the overflow, and that's that DJ Elliot is not going to be in there. <laughs> And you don't have to put up with him. So, hooray, hooray, The other two hooray. girls did a phenomenal job. Oh, I yeah. I mean, don't great. get me wrong. I was getting tired of it, but they're... I was getting, too, but they were as good as it could be. Yeah, they're getting paid to fill up that time. Right. And uh, just some of the people that they had hosting panels, right, was great. Um, uh, oh, my gosh, I can't even remember her name, Yvette. Something... Yeah, Nicole the Brown. One, she the, the one who played Shirley on Community. Community, yeah. yeah. She opened she, the big panel. Yeah, and then she she's, was in. She's been involved lately. Yeah, she did the Lego Star Wars panel, and it turns out she's the voice of uh, Captain Valerian on the the Freemaker Adventures. Oh, and so that's cool. my wife, she's like, "You better get a picture of her." And we got as close as we could, but they were like, "Everybody needs to get the hell out. We're getting ready to start another panel. Go!" They didn't say uh, hell, but you know what I mean. They were like, yeah. "Get out! They said, get fuck. out! Get out!" 
did I mention get out? Get the fuck and, out. And so like we we had to bounce out. Uh Ash Crossing hosted the uh the Mando Plus panel. Oh, she did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got oh, to shit. see video of it, and I know she's never gonna listen to this show. But if no. God forbid she ever did, please, I'm so sorry. It's what I want to say. Number one, your hair looked amazing. You're like game recognized game. You have really good hair. You crushed it. <laughs> Steele told me he saw her right after and she was like all flustered. And, you know, he goes, I, I recognize that look. I've been there, you know, a bunch of times when it's over and you feel like you, she crushed it. She absolutely crushed it. I was watching that video I sent you. Garage and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah she freaking nailed it, which is yeah. super, super cool, man. Good on, good on her. Uh, David W. Collins, the last thing I want to say about celebration, we can jump off onto something else if you guys want, is uh, his panel, the the music panels that he does. I was really, really looking forward to it, and uh, the fire alarm went off. Fifteen minutes in, the fire alarm goes off in the wing, which I don't know which direction it was, but it was the high uh, early on in the alphabet wings, like the A section, Hall A. Um, the fire alarm went off. We had to leave, and it, it, we all got shuffled downstairs. And I messaged him to say, "God, that sucks." You know, hope you guys are cool. And he was right behind me, and huh. he, his kids were so freaked out. They were up. So he's got little, little tiny kids and right. they were so freaked out and nobody knew what was going on. Like security just watched us go. Well, that's weird. Are they going on a field trip or something? I don't know. <laughs> and then we all walked back in and he picked up and we'll, took off from where he was. And I mean, he did a, a very commendable job of trying to fit it all in, but I really would have liked to see him stretch out on the music. Cause one of the things he wanted to talk about the most was across the stars. Cause that's the most iconic piece of music from attack of the clones. So that's the, it's going over, but it was really, really good. Um, we went to the podcast stage for the Geek Girls Pod, and uh, so that is um, Zoe and Lizzie. Lizzie's uh, Sal Prowse's daughter. She couldn't be there, and uh, her brother Axel filled in, and he did a really good job. Man, those kids are the real deal. And they somebody are. in the panel the was best. kind of asked a butthole question. <laughs> that it, I just was like you're kind of going against everything they just got done saying as far as like attitude towards young people and putting them in weird positions. But, uh, uh, steel joined them and, and, uh, sort of emceed the little event and it was great. They did so good, man. I was really proud of them. The young people, man, <laughs> they've got it figured out. They're, they're, they're very good. But anyway, that's all I got. Any, anybody got any parting thoughts on celebration they want to share before we talk about some other thing? Um, no, just, uh, if you have a chance to go to one, definitely try. I mean, it's, and if you haven't been to one, definitely try, make some friends, uh, and say hi and Don't say be hello afraid to say hi. <laughs> right. And, uh, Eric's right. The, the best part is the people and that little community that you're in for a week becomes your family for that week, <laughs> pretty much. And like, like cousins at least. And so yeah, uh, go definitely go to celebration, and if not celebration, I mean, let's say you can't go to London, maybe you get together and watch a premiere of the movie somewhere, and make it your own little celebration with a group of people somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. that is something that we might be doing. So the thing I want to jump to is, did I see something about the voice actress who played Rafa? being cast in live action for Bro, something was it her i don't know dude <laughs> let me tell you people have tweeted me i love it tagged me oh my god i got so excited 
but it, the article doesn't specifically say if she's playing Rafa, uh, but that's where my head went. So both of them. So uh, I'm very excited. <laughs> that just hit me. That just that just hit, hit, hit me. me too, boo. It hit me. Oh no! It's like they're listening to me. But of all the of all the uh, characters, Rafa, I love it. Thank you, now, Lucasfilm. That is, is that Elizabeth Rodriguez? Uh, no, I don't think it is. Elizabeth Isn't she Rodriguez. the voice of Rafa? Oh yes, yes, the voice of Rafa is. But the yeah. person that they um, said uh, that is going to be playing some character that they're assuming it's Rafa is not Elizabeth Rodriguez. Oh, okay, all right. The other one, the sister. What's the other sister's name? Rafa and oh, had sisters. Yeah. Well, hang on. She, Somebody, Vamp. I follow. I I follow her, and she follows me on Twitter. I'm trying to get, you know, Rafa to follow me, but it's not happening. But yeah, guys. Uh, wow, celebration has been great. By the way, we'll end this thing while Eric is doing some work. By Trace. Trace. There it is. Trace. Oh, it's yes. the voice actress who played Trace. Yes. That got cast. Is that correct? Oh, because Elizabeth Rodriguez is the voice of Rafa. Right. I remember that. Is she the one that got cast in live action? That's what I'm asking. I don't think so. I don't think okay. it's either of them. Oh, well, then there you right, go. Right, King yeah. Tom? This was the worst story um, of all time, and I'm glad I brought it, was, it up. Yes, <laughs> yes. Good. good job, me. Shit. I nailed Nobody it. gives a shit Shakira about Rafa but me. Barrera. Yeah, Shakira Barrera. And her hips don't lie, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Okay, we need to finish this because I'm losing my mind. All right. I did talk to Sal. Sal texted me, just finished the episode, and he said, my boy out there doing good deeds, all in caps. And I said, hell yeah, I hope we see him. And this is what he put. That would be very bad because I don't remember filming. <laughs> and if you don't know, he cosplays as a like perfect Quinlan boss. So maybe... Shit, who knows, right? Yeah, who knows? It could, Sal could be in it. Shit, Les could be in it, not telling us. Yeah, is there a gym there? <laughs> the way the way that that loader background. Yeah, the way that loader droid is jacked up. I was like, shit, that oh, yeah. could be Les. Fucking, I, I got it. He's wrecker. Les is wrecker. <laughs> Boom. You <laughs> shit. I swear, Les, if you're a wrecker and you didn't tell me, I'm so upset. Guys, thank you for <laughs> tuning in to the Sith List. It was such a fun episode reminiscing about our time at Star Wars Celebration and all that Star Wars news. We did a whole episode, probably 99.1138% Star Wars. Boo, where can people find you getting up at 6 a.m. and waiting in a line that you won't get into? Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, those, th those were not fun, but yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Sith List Boo. Les, where can people find you doing curls and hydrating yourself at the exact same time? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Les is War seventy eight. You can also find me on this podcast and on our Sith List YouTube channel, doing some really cool reactions with Raj and Randy now. Yes, I was going to say Randy can now participate in this part because I could say, "So, Randy, where can people find you?" I don't want to talk about it. Oh, come on. <laughs> you can find Randy on the YouTube channel, the Sithless YouTube channel, because he is going to be there with us for every Kenobi reaction and breakdown review. 
Um, we don't just do the reaction. We actually break it down, do a pre little show and a breakdown show afterwards. It was a lot of fun. And so we're going to be doing that for the rest of the three episodes. Eric, where can people find you not worried about me crashing into a fake dog that crossed the street? There was a cat in the street. There that was? That was a real thing. Right when we turned the corner from your house, yes. I did mention Araj when he drove me to the airport oh, dude, was like was... not awake. There was a cat in the road early on and he freaked out. But then he kept thinking he saw animals in the road and was like getting on the brakes and swerving around. And Dude. he told me later, he's like, I don't remember 90% of the things because he was just talking at me nonstop. Yeah, like dude, I always I heard, him. When I dropped you off, Eric, I go, I think I talked the entire way and I don't remember anything I talked about. Like I can all. tell. I'm like, are you okay to get home? But <laughs> it was but crazy. Anyway. anyway um, you can find me on my other podcast, The Bad Motivators, who I've missed those guys, man. I, I had to miss two episodes because of celebration. Forgot oh. to mention, I ran into a Dallas Wood doppelganger. Yes. Mm -hmm. and Dallas. A doppel Dallas. Doppel Dallas. And it was, it blew my mind. Steel and I got a picture with him and post, Steel posted on Twitter. It's definitely worth a look, especially if you guys have ever met Dallas when his beard's at his longest. This was, it was crazy. But yeah, check me out over there, man. It's going to be good. Uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to those guys about Kenobi. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Eric Strathers. I actually tweeted something that wasn't about Taylor Swift the other day. So that's neat. Go check uh -huh. it out. Nice. King Tom Chansky. King of all pods, where can people find you extending party bus parties throughout the yeah. Southland? You, you oh can find gosh. me um, making late night decisions on Twitter at Tom Chansky, <laughs> catching up on, on my sleep and uh, uh, guesting on Patreon shows for Steel Harvest. <laughs> Steel Harvest. Yeah, I really he hasn't had any sleep. He's yeah. never fucked that part up. Ever. The bad bad motivators steal bad batch? blue harvest. Bad motivators have never been first on that list ever. No. I mentally keep track sure of it. Thank you. you. Really? Yep. Thank you for bringing that up, by the way. We're doing the party bus thing on Sunday. Yeah. And we had the uh like uh, the stay for about four hours and we burned through that just like talking to everyone. Mm -hmm. And then it came, we're like, Can we get like another hour? You think they'll be down for it? And they were begrudgingly like, I want to go to sleep, but if you can do another hour. So I, I forget what like the total was like one thirty or something like that. Yeah. Tom, a, a couple people contributed a couple bucks, but Tom just said, How much more do we need? Well, I, I don't know. He's all here. He's pulled out his wallet, bam. Just like, drops it like he's playing roulette thing. or something. Yeah. And I'm sorry, King Tom. I didn't know you didn't want to be anonymous. I came out and said, well, let's thank King Tom. It was like, it was like, uh, like a frat party. Everybody's like, woo, King Tom. <laughs> All right. Thank well, you. you can catch me at The Sith List on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and also check us out on the YouTube channel. Please subscribe. We're having a lot of fun with Kenobi. And... Um, other than that, we'll see you right here next week on episode number 305 of The Sit List. Ooh.